Welcome to the Events Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Taylor, and each week I talk with event entrepreneurs about how they plan, promote, and run their events. We help you build your events empire by growing your business using live events. Whether you're running community meetups, conferences, trade shows, IT training, music events, or literally any type of event, we focus on finding actionable tips that you can use straight away. The podcast is sponsored by Apps Events. We produce over 300 of our own events across the globe every year, from training to conferences, and we're now sharing our expertise to a small group of event professionals. There's a couple of ways we can help you. Firstly, we can run the logistics for your event. We have a whole support team who can handle all the heavy lifting for you. We can help set up your website and agenda, liaise with your speakers, deal with the huge volume of questions you'll get from attendees, we can liaise with venues, and we can come to the event to actually run it for you on the ground. Get in touch with james at appsevents.com and we'll jump on a call to see if we can help. Secondly, I offer one-on-one coaching to help event entrepreneurs grow their events. I want you to get more attendees, produce epic events, make more money, and most importantly, to do it all with no stress. So just email me at dan at appsevents.com and we'll jump on a call. And now, onto the interview. Hello, welcome to the Events Podcast. It's been a while. Uh, I'm here with my co-host, James, and we're going to chat about what we've been up to and how we see the future of of the event space. So how's it going, James? Hey, Dan. Yeah, good to catch up. It's been just over a year since this all began. It's got a few things we can talk about. It's been a crazy year. It's been unbelievable. I mean, so just to let you know where we are, I'm in Prague at the moment. We've had really bad covid here but it's got a lot better just they've just opened up bars and restaurants for outside seating and shops are open so hopefully we're getting through uh james where are you you're you're in a quite a cool place right now yeah i'm in bangkok well actually not in bangkok currently but i'm usually based in bangkok i'm just two hours south right now we're here and it's on the beach it's currently about 38 degrees celsius beautiful place to be yeah yeah and i was in bangkok when this all began so um, I remember back in January of 2020, I remember there was talk of COVID and things were closing up in China where it began, obviously. I remember talking to you, Dan, and saying, hey, Dan, I think this is going to affect our events. I remember us talking about this and we think, no, no, it's not, it's not going to spread. It's not going to spread. Yeah. And gradually over those first two months, it just began, the spread just increased. Remember that? I know. And then you and me met up in London. So we became an ISTE partner. Uh, which is a, a U.S. Uh, certification for for teachers, basically, and, and 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 all to do with technology and education. And we had and we had to get we had a big thing to get all our trainers certified. So GMs came across to London. We were there, and literally that was beginning of March, I think. And if we'd have been a day later, it was just starting to shut down. And literally, that was it. That's the last time I traveled anywhere. March last year. Well, I remember leaving Bangkok, and the airport was actually getting quite strict about testing for COVID. So they had all of the um, temperature measurements being taken at the airport as I was leaving. And I was beginning to think, well, I'm flying back in five days. Am I going to be able to get back in? But then, of you course, you know, London, arriving in London, everybody in Bangkok was wearing masks already yeah. back in March. But yeah. arriving in London, nothing. Like, nobody had even heard of it. <laughs> I know, I know. It was nuts. So if, in terms of where we are when we last book, you probably heard us a lot talk about Cost Director. I think I might have mentioned on the last podcast, we we sold Cost Director to a friend of ours, Martin. Not Cost Director, Events Frame. That was the other, my other um, not-so-successful software project. So Events Frame, <laughs> we sold to Martin. Who's a good, I actually met Martin yesterday, funnily enough, James. He's, uh, he's done quite a lot with the product. So 
Uh, we're going to try that again, actually, for just a small plug. We've got nothing to do with it anymore, but check out Events Frame for events. We're going to check it out, probably use it again. They've, they've introduced ticket fees, which is cool. But we were, you know, we, we'd, we'd kind of got out of that, and we were just back to our full-time business of apps events, you know, working with schools across the world on, on Google, you know, doing boot camps, doing summits and stuff. So basically, let's get back to where we were. So basically, COVID hit. We came back from London. You'd already sounded the alarm bells. And pretty much all our events stopped dead, pretty much immediately, I would say. Well, yeah, and I noticed it before in Asia first. Yeah, things were gradually getting cancelled and then postponed. But then, yeah, obviously as March, April, May drew on, they were just being cancelled. And there was no, no, no talk of rebooking. No, and I mean, and obviously we were pretty worried. I was personally a bit stressed about it at the time. I'll talk a bit about what we did, you know, because... Obviously, people had a lot of different experiences. Some people have done well, and, and we're very respectful. Obviously, some people had a, had a tough time, and hopefully it's going to get better. I'm sure it is. Um, we did a few things. Like First of all, we work with Google, obviously, and we're very, very lucky that we've built up a relationship with Google over the, over the 10 years we've been running this company, and obviously for James and, and colleague Ben and, and Lisa and other people who work in the team. So Google needed a lot of help. Google have tons more schools using uh, Education Plus. So we got a lot of work for Google working with Google, which which kind of really, you know, was the main thing that helped us get through this period, I would say. Yes, definitely. Because we were able to pivot on expertise and provide resources that Google needed. So they suddenly had a huge demand for educators to learn about teaching online. Yeah. And we were able to pivot with our, well, really with our trainers who've got amazing expertise in, in delivering that content and in building that out for Google. Yeah. And then in terms of our events, I mean, obviously we were running monthly, you know, pretty much every month, a summit, which is kind of a small conference, um, certification courses, in-person two-day events. And, we, and that just died. I mean, so what, what we, we made a decision, I think it was actually your idea, James, that we just start running our summits online for free every month, completely free content, and put some effort into growing our YouTube channel, which I think has been a success. You know, we've got over 6,000 subscribers now. Um, we've got, you know, and, but it's a tough one. Obviously, it's only because we have this other kind of consulting type work. We were able to do this for free. I know not everyone is in this position and I don't, obviously people should try to charge for their events online if they can, but we've just done everything. And, and we've been doing that since March. Everything's been online. Check out Apps Events YouTube channel. We've put tons of content out. And obviously, you know, it's great. We've, we've built up goodwill, but hopefully it's going to lead to when things open up, which we'll talk about later we've got goodwill and people know about us and, and we can run in-person events. That's kind of what we're hoping from it. Yeah, I mean, by putting our sort of our bigger events online for free, we were able to connect with more people, obviously. But also because we were, you know, at the same time, we were doing custom training. We are doing personalized training for schools, um, Google Educator training, for example. And marketing that, traditionally, we're marketing to schools face-to-face -face events. Now, suddenly, we're marketing... Uh, online events, which is completely different, the way you market yeah. that. You're looking at advertising online or you're reaching out to your network. How are you going to do that? It is much harder to reach out to those people. But the online free events gave us a big window into what we can actually deliver, which I think was really beneficial. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and we started looking at some some platforms to deliver online events. There's a, there's a lot there. We thought about charging. And and uh, probably a good way, a good time to transition. I mean, what... What do you think, James, other people have been doing? Oh, I mean, we need to say up front, we know it's been tough for some people. A lot of people are working, especially in things like trade shows, conferences, everything from AV people to people designing, you know, exhibition uh, platforms to people 
you know, everyone employed or working as an entrepreneur in the events, it's, it's been tough. So we, we know that. And, and we know a lot of you have had to get jobs, you know, you may be Uber driving or doing something casual and, and just whatever you need to do to get through. So it's that. But I mean, what, James, what do you think people have been doing? I mean, it seems to me a lot of people have been trying uh, the online events. I spoke to, you know, Chris Ducker, who runs the Upreneur Summit, and he said he tried it and he was quite upfront. He said, look, it just didn't work. They couldn't justify it with the ticket sales. But I think some people have had some success. I mean, what's your opinion like? If you were going to guess, and I hope people I hope people reply by the way, and and tell us what they've been doing. But what do you think people have been doing, and how how successful do you think it's been? Yeah, just to just to add on to that. I mean, obviously the mice industry we see it here a lot in Bangkok in Thailand. There's a lot of conferences are hosted in Thailand, and the, I mean it's not just the conference venues, the AV people, it's the hotels, it's everybody in that in that chain in that industry which has been affected. And we we saw it as well in the first three to six months, we just lost every single event. All income was gone. So certainly can empathize with that. Been a lot of big, big losers. But on the other side of it, you look at a company like, for example, we use StreamYard for broadcasting our live events. StreamYard has just grown. And I, I think, I mean, they got sold out earlier this year. They were bought by another company. There are other companies which are doing incredibly well from this, obviously. So there are two sides to that equation. Yeah, I was going to say, what are the people doing? Well, I've seen a lot of conferences obviously pivot to the online. Um, and they're working with different payment models. They've gone for um, obviously a payment for just for the conference. They've gone for a subscription model where you get access to all of the resources, all of the streams for up to a year. There's a few different models out there. And I think, <clears throat> I think honestly, people are still trying to figure out what's going to work best. But in every case, from what I've seen so far, the, the big piece missing is a networking piece. So if you look at the traditional trade conference is purely about networking. It really is. It's networking and it's also like, you know what it's like. Part of going to a conference is you go to a new city, you're you're relaxed because you're away from work. You, you know, you get to, you know, maybe you'll get to do a bit of sightseeing or go out in an evening with with some people, meet some new people, meet some friends. The net it's the networking and very much the social side of it, you know. The 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 learning is usually what people used to justify to their companies or to their schools or whatever so they can go. But the reason they really want to go is to hang out in a new city, meet people, and they want to learn as well. Of course they do. But I think that's half of it. Yeah, so how is, I mean, how is that going to be replicated online? I, I just can't see that being replicated. I, I don't. I mean, this, this brings us on to, like, what do we see the future as? I mean, you know, there's, people have different opinions. On the one hand, some people are saying it's the end of in-person where everything's going to be online because it's been a proven model that you can do this on the other hand opinions my opinion probably more is people are going to be crazy for meeting and you know they're going to be so keen there's going to be a boom in the events industry and then i think there's a third camp that says there'll be some kind of hybrid approach you know maybe part of it'll be online maybe it'll be selling online online tickets as well as you know as well as in-person tickets uh, maybe uh, less on less in person, but some online. I don't know where do, where do you stand? What, what would your opinion break down on on the future of, of kind of live events? Yeah, I mean, really, just to add another question to that, I wonder if it's going to affect the big trade conferences on one side, but create a lot more opportunity for smaller events on the other. So, for example, you know, there's you know, there's Bet, the big educational show in London. There's Edutech Singapore is a big educational show in, in Asia. Yeah. And yeah. Well, ISTE is a big one in America as well. I wonder if in place of those big international events, if you'll get more country specific events for which people don't need to travel. So instead of having 
Edutech Singapore, maybe there'll be competing events in every country attracting people. And yeah, I mean, are you, are you saying you think people are not going to want to hang out in such huge groups? They're going to want to, they're not going to feel comfortable in an event with 5,000 people. I think people will want to. I just wonder if it will not be a possibility. It can, you know, take into account. You mean that people are going to travel less, you think? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's quarantine times, isn't it? Yeah, so that's, yeah, that's another thing. I mean, I guess it all breaks down to what happens with COVID. How quickly do quarantines going away? I I think it's going to be much quicker than people think. I mean, if I think, I mean, we were in lockdown in Czech. I mean, we were the worst country in the world for quite a while in terms of infections per capita and deaths per capita. And and even two weeks ago, do you remember? I was locked down. I was complaining about it. Now, I've almost forgotten about it. Everything's open. I've been out, you know, been out today walking around the street without a mask. You know, you still wear the mask inside, but like I've almost forgotten what it was like. And I think as long as people get vaccinated and as long as these new strains of COVID are not resistant to the, vac- the vaccine, I think I think it's going to be way quicker than people think. I think I think two months it's going to be life's going to be normal. But a lot of people disagree with me on that. Yeah, I'm not so sure I have an opinion on that because I think I think in Europe people have a a lot better control on it. But if you look at Asia, for example, there's such a a, a range of economies and, and scales of COVID infections in Asia. I think it's going to take a little bit longer than that. Yeah, well, also it's hit you worse later. I mean, here it was bad early and everything in Asia was fine, you know? And then, you know, it seemed to, you know, come back to Asia, I guess. Yeah, exactly. It's a really difficult one to predict. I mean, even looking six months from now, if you just look at the availability of vaccination, of vaccines, Asia is still going to be way behind. So, I mean, six months from now, big events are still not going to happen in Asia. Yeah, I think you're right. I think... Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, I, I think life's like when I say life's going to be back to normal in two months, I, that doesn't mean that people are going to be running big events in two months because there's a lead time. You know, it's, it takes you, you know, a year of preparation to run a big trade show or a conference. So, I mean, in terms of what we're planning, so we were planning a big conference in Bangkok called the Connected School in October. Really looking forward to it. We had a hotel booked, everything. And we've made a decision just to move that online completely free, same dates. But so then, then we can say it's been run for a year and next year it's the second year we'll do it in person and then we focus towards October. And, and I think we don't, even, we don't even try and run it early in spring. We just keep it as October. We, you know, and we've got a whole year and we make it a big conference. You know, we get 500 plus people to it. Big for us. I mean, I know that's not big for some of you out there. Um, uh, and do that. I don't know what, what you think, James. Yeah, I mean, just to add to that, I mean, it's a learning conference. It's really a lot of content. It's different to a trade show where you get these massive trade show booths and so on. Yes, it's certainly a different style event. Yeah, again, I think it's that smaller style event, which I think will be easier to plan. It's going to be more agile. You can you could move it a little bit more easily, but also you don't need to rely upon 2,000 to 5,000 people attending or more than that. You don't need those massive numbers. So yeah, I think it's going to be a greater opportunity to run that size of event. Definitely. So... Again, sorry we've been a while with the podcast. We're going to start doing more of it, more of it again. I've actually, it's, it's quite nice. I've had a few people actually email me and say, you know, what's happening with the podcast? Is it coming? So we really do appreciate it. You know, it's funny, just to give you a bit of background, we started this podcast when we started Events Frame, the, the software, you know, and uh, we've now got rid of that. And, and I still want to keep it going because I love, you know, even though our business is, is education, you know, we're educators, we focus on, on, on teachers, on schools, you know, the other part of our business is live events. And, and through this podcast and through starting events, for, I've met so many people running different events, but I'm kind of 
you know, I was very much an amateur when I started this podcast, but now I've learned a huge amount about running events. So I think I'd like to keep this podcast going, have some in chats with people, maybe not every month. I, I want to keep it pretty frequent or people aren't going to subscribe to it, but uh, let me know what you think. You know, do you like the podcast? Do you want more? You know, if we get some more replies, it really motivates us to do more episodes. Yeah, just to add on to that. And again, like you said, we're not involved with events frame anymore. However, I do miss using events frame as a platform. So yeah. if you're looking for a platform, check it out. It's absolutely yeah, fantastic. Yeah, check it out. Martin, Those things platforms don't do. Yeah, yeah, chat to Martin. He'll take care of you. Yeah, definitely. James, cool. It was, it was good to chat up. Obviously, you and me talk all the time, but we haven't talked about events for a while. So good to catch up. And um, let's see what people say. You know, let, again, very much we're going to depend on what people say to us, you know, how, how many more events we do, but we'd love to hear from you. And, uh, and hopefully we'll do more events, you know, through the year. Cool. Cheers, Thanks, James. Dan. Everyone.